it's episode three of the Jarrett Andrews podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Switching up gears a little bit here, gonna instead of talking finals, I want to talk a little bit about the NBA draft. I'm completely disregarding the fact that I was completely wrong about the NBA finals. Game six will be played in Oracle. I said Warriors in four or five. I was wrong. So we're moving on from that. So I want to get into the NBA draft. Obviously, Cavaliers fans are disappointed that they didn't get in the top three. We're sitting at five, and we're behind the Lakers. And that, in and of itself, is a massive, massive disappointment. So what I want to do uh, on this show today, I want to go over a couple of the possible candidates for pick five and then also down for pick number 26 for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I also want to give my thoughts on a couple of prospects. I'm going to I'm gonna stay away from Williamson, Morant, and Barrett because they're just the three obvious one, two, and three. I mean, if it's anything different than that, I'll be shocked. So I want to. What I do want to talk about. I want to get into conversations about DeAndre Hunter, about Darius Garland, about Kobe White, about Jarrett Culver. We're going to talk about Redis. I don't know a lot about Bruno Fernando, um, but you know, I'll, I'll give my thoughts on him. We're looking at Jackson Hayes. We're looking at Sekou Dembuya, uh, Rui Hachimura, Bol Bol, all those guys. I'm going to give my opinions on those prospects and if they're worth looking at. With the Cavaliers at five, and if the and if the Cavs do, you know, humor Atlanta in a trade, maybe they go eight and seventeen, or maybe if the Hawks are desperate enough, they go eight and ten. They want to move up to five to get somebody like DeAndre Hunter or like Jarrett Colbert. Maybe that's an option. But for right now, I want to look at specific. I want to look at specific prospects. So I'm going to start first off with who I think the Cleveland Cavaliers should take at pick number five. And that person, in my mind, is Cam Reddish. So every mock draft I see Cam Reddish in, uh, it's looking like he's going to go anywhere from six to eight. Some even had him down nine to ten. And when I look at Cam Reddish, best case scenario, I think he can be a Paul George type where he's six foot eight, six foot nine, very long. He has the tools to be a great defender and he is just a smooth shooter. I mean, when you see Cam Reddish shoot over uh, at, at Duke, if you look up his highlights, his shooting stroke is just top notch. I mean, when I look at Cam Reddish, I look at a guy who you can have playing on the wing at the worst. He can be a good three and D player at the best. He can be a guy who can create a shot, who can, look to score on his own, um, and who looks to score the ball at a high rate. You know, he's not much of a passer, I'll give you that, but his jump shot is NBA ready. I mean, his shot is beautiful. I mean, his release, his stroke, it's repeatable. Every time I see Cam Reddish shoot, I get excited because I see a shooter who really knows what he's doing, Um, and you don't get that with a lot of other guys. Derek Culver, yes, he had success his freshman year shooting the three, but his sophomore year down to nearly 30%. He really wasn't a great shooter, and Cam Reddish's stats weren't great this year when it comes to shooting percentage, but for the most part, you know, that stuff you can be ironed out. The flaws with Cam Reddish, they're there. You know, he didn't live up to the expectations that we expected from him at Duke. He was kind of in the shadows behind um, both R.J. Barrett and behind Zion Williamson. Deferred his teammates a lot, and, you know, that's that's fair. He never found his rhythm at Duke. When you're bringing him into the NBA, you're bringing him into a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers, he is a player who can take on a heavy scoring load. 
he, Colin Sexton, and Kevin Love will be your three main scoring options. Uh, Cam Reddish, you know, he's not looking to pass, but he can do it. He's a very, very good passer. The only thing is, can he be a willing passer? That's something that we're going to have to see. Uh, measuring in at six foot seven, still, uh, still growing. Seven foot one wingspan, two hundred and eleven pounds. So Cam Reddish, dynamic athlete, um, good size on the wing. He's one of those guys where I think if you give him the ball in transition, he can make something happen. I think if you pair him along with Colin Sexton, along with Jetty Osmond, two guards who can get rebounds and push, you get Cam Reddish running on the wing, you get a Kevin Love rebound, an outlet to Cam Reddish, um, you can run Cam Reddish off screens. The only question for Cam Reddish is, is, is can he produce his own shot? And if he can, he'll be a very, very good player. His potential, in my eyes exceeds everybody outside of the top three. I think it's better than Hunter's. I think it's way better than Hunter's, first of all, and I'll get into DeAndre Hunter next. And I think it's better than Jarrett Culver's. So in my eyes, if five is a little bit of a reach, maybe Cam Reddish is still there at eight. And if that's the case, if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers and you could trade back, if you can trade pick number five for pick number eight and 10, or maybe eight and 17 and another asset, you're looking at possibly drafting Cam Reddish with the eighth overall pick and then having two more picks in the first round. And with those picks, you know, and I'll get in again to who I think can be on the table for those picks in just a minute. Um, and if you have those picks, you're looking at a, a good young core to help rebuild this team to go along with a solid piece in Kevin Love. So I think Cam Reddish coming into this offense can be a major asset. So now let's move on. I said I'd talk about DeAndre Hunter, and now let's get to it. DeAndre Hunter standing in at six foot seven. 225 pounds from uh, Philadelphia. Now, one thing about DeAndre Hunter that instantly jumps right off the page, his size and his defense and his shooting ability. And to me, DeAndre Hunter has a cap on him. His ceiling is pretty much what we're seeing right now. DeAndre Hunter is not nearly the passer that Cam Reddish is. He's not nearly the athlete that Cam Reddish is. He's about the same size. He's not nearly as fast. He's not uh, nearly as quick. Uh, I think his potential is a little lower, too. He's not very good in the post, uh, and he's not a very good passer, either. If I'm being completely honest, his playmaking lacks something to be desired. So, when you're looking at DeAndre Hunter, what you're hoping for, best case scenario, is an elite 3 and D player. I don't think he's going to be able to create for himself, and I don't think he's going to be able to create for others. I think he's going to be a system player, and you know, if I can get a comparison out there, this compares him to OG Ananobi and Thaddeus Young. Now, I don't know about, about you, but that's, that's not really exciting me when I'm looking at DeAndre Hunter. I think he's going to be a very good player in the NBA. He'll be a solid role player, but if in this draft... To avoid the disappointment of not being in the top three, you need to take a chance. You need to take a chance. And DeAndre Hunter is not a chance. That's a safe pick. And when you're looking at DeAndre Hunter, shot very well, um, but didn't shoot a lot. And I think it was because he was kind of on the back on the back burner behind Ty Jerome, behind Guy. So DeAndre Hunter 
not really a volume scorer. He makes a lot of threes and he'll D you down. That's something we know DeAndre Hunter can do for sure. So if you're drafting DeAndre Hunter, you're doing it solely on the 3 and D potential. But I think if you go Cam Reddish, you have the opportunity to get that 3 and D, to get a guy who can also make shots on his own, who can create for others, and can still play good defense. So in my eyes, that's why I have Cam Reddish over DeAndre Hunter. And now I think I'm going to stick with the wings here, so let's talk about Jarrett Culver. Jarrett Culver, in my eyes, you know, he's listed at 6'6". He's more around 6'5", if I had to to take a guess at it. I know he got measured at another, going to give him 6'6 in shoes. So Culver, um, another guy who's just solid all around. You know, he's a very good defender. Not as good as DeAndre Hunter, but he's almost there. Very good athlete. A little undersized if you want him at small forward, standing at 6'6", but he's a guy who can guard one through three in my eyes at the next level. Um, His jump shot, I think, is, again, I said it was very – he shot 38% his freshman year, but with a higher um, shooting role, a higher scoring role his sophomore year, his numbers dipped shooting-wise. But every other, everywhere else, his numbers went higher. His points, rebounds, assists, and steals all rose this freshman to sophomore year. You saw that growth. And, again, you're not going to lose shooting touch, I don't think, um, from your freshman to sophomore year. I think he just had a lot more on his plate as being the guy at Texas Tech. Led his team to the Final Four to the championship game. Couldn't quite get it done. But, you know, that's where we sit right now with Jarrett Culver. Um, I, I like Jarrett Culver. If the Cavs land Jarrett Culver at five, I will not be mad. Because, in my opinion, that's a very good pick. That's a very good pick. He's not nearly the ball handler that Cam Reddish is, um, but I think he has potential to create for himself. He's very good at getting into the lane at uh, scoring inside, and I think the defense along with the shooting stroke uh, to go along with the athleticism, Jarrett Culver would be a good pick of five. But in my eyes, Cam Reddish is bigger, taller, faster, better athlete, better shooter. Doesn't have the defensive chops Jarrett Culver has, but I think he can work on that. With that frame, his willingness to play on the defensive side, I think he'll get there. I think he really will get there. So let's move on to the point guards. And after John Morant, who's going to go second to Memphis, uh, there's a couple of guards out there, uh, naming those guards being Darius Garland and Kobe White. Now, I like one of these guards. I don't like the other one. I really like Darius Garland out of Vanderbilt, but I do not like him for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and here is why. Darius Garland can score the ball. That's something we know for sure. He has jitterbug quickness. Yeah, he's a solid athlete for his size at 6'2". A little undersized for the point guard position, but I think he makes up for it. Um, very quick. Uh, has a very, very good jump shot. I mean, the dude was absolutely unconscious uh, for Vanderbilt when he did play. And that is one of the weaknesses you're talking about for Darius Garland, is that he only played a handful of games for Vanderbilt. When he played, he was really good, but again, the injuries are something we're going to look at. Not, nothing serious, nothing like Bull Bull where it's a foot injury, but you know he's coming off of an injury where you know he's going to need some time. He had a season-ending knee injury. He was averaging 16.2 points, 3.8 rebound, rebounds excuse me, in his five games with Vanderbilt. And one more thing, why I do not like Darius Garland on this Cavaliers team. I think he'll be a great player, just not on this team. I actually like him for the Lakers down at four, have him play a alongside Lonzo Ball. The reason I don't like Darius Garland for the Cavs, he's not the best passer in the world. He's not looking to create for anybody else. Um, He's looking to score. He's a scoring guard, and that's just not going to play with Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton didn't lead our team in assists. He was a starting point guard. 
Larry Nance led our team in assists. So Colin Sexton is not the guy, kind of guy who can run an offense. Neither is Darius Garland. And you can't run your offense through Larry Nance Jr., that's for sure. So I think if you want to get another point guard and have him play alongside Colin Sexton, it's going to need to be a guy who's able to run the offense. And I don't think Darius Garland is the kind of point guard who will come in and be ready to share the load with Colin Sexton, and neither guy's really looking to pass. They're looking to score themselves. So I think that's not the best fit in the world um, with the Cavaliers. But, you know, again, Darius Garland, I think he's going to be a very good player in this league. Um, But for the Cavs, he'd perform well for the Cavaliers, it's true. But, again, that wouldn't compute to winning. And that's my thing here. This pick needs to help us win long term. It can't just be something that looks flashy on the stat sheet. It needs to be something with substance. And I think that's something that you know the Cavs could get in a in a wing who also plays defense and can shoot the three because we don't have that right now. I mean, yeah, I love Jetty. He's not the answer long term. He shouldn't be a starter on this team, but the way circumstances are, that's where he is. So let's move on to the other point guard. Let's go to Kobe White. Kobe White, point guard, freshman, out of North Carolina, and this is another guy, very dynamic athlete, coming in at six foot five as a point guard. And my comparison to Kobe White, this has him compared to Gilbert Arenas, which I don't know. Um, my comparison to the bigger, fast point guard who wants to push the tempo on the break and is a decent three point shooter. How about Colin Sexton? And if you know me, you know I'm not the biggest Colin Sexton guy. So when it comes to Kobe White, I could do without him. I really could. I do not see it. I think he's very good at getting to the rim. I think he's very good at uh, creating his own shot. But to me, Kobe White is Colin Sexton 2.0, where he's going to be lackluster on defense. He's not. If he comes out under Roy Williams and doesn't have an understanding of defense, then I'll be shocked. But he didn't have an understanding on sharing the ball in North Carolina's system. I mean, he was not very good um, on the offensive side of the court when it came to assists. Yes, he did average 4.1 assists. Um, but again, that's not really what I'm looking for. That's not his game. His game isn't to go out there and get a lot of assists. Only averaged 3.5 rebounds, so he really does not like to get down low on defense. Um, 42.2% from the field for Kobe White. So, again, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a guy. If you're going to go the point guard route, he's got to be a floor general, and the only floor general in this draft is John Morant. And, or, you know, you could go Carson Edwards second round, um, but I don't know if he'll still be there. Um, and that's really the that's really the focus for the Cavs. If you want to get that guard, he's got to be a floor general because he has to be what Colin Sexton is not. And to me, Kobe White is a carbon copy of Colin Sexton. So those are the prospects I really wanted to get into. Um, there's a couple more that I want to talk about. Um, maybe with if we do trade back eight, maybe ten. Uh, with the eighth pick, again, Cam Reddish, if he's there, great. If he's not, who are we looking at? We're looking at a six foot eleven, two hundred and twenty pound center from Texas. We're looking at Jackson Hayes. And this guy, he's from he's from Ohio, from Loveland, went to Archbishop Moeller. So he's from the area. And when I look at Jackson Hayes, I see a dominant defender. That's really what I see. Elite athlete, great size at six eleven. 220 pounds, he's big, he's strong, he's fast, great on defense. Uh, He's pretty quick for his size, too. Uh, This kid could develop to be something special, and and that's the thing. He is nowhere near ready to step in right away and be that 
guy. I mean, we're seeing big men develop quickly, but Jackson Hayes, he's going uh, around 10 to 12 for a reason. He doesn't seem to be like a guy who can come in and contribute right away to a team that's looking to win. Comparison uh, is Jared Allen, where you get a tall guy who can affect uh, defensively and also come in and be ready offensively to score around the rim. And that's what you're seeing from Jackson Hayes. He's not a threat to score in the post, who is nowadays, but he's a threat to, to stop post scoring. He's a threat to block shots. He's a threat around the rim. And that's where Jackson Hayes is really going to live, um, again, with that Jared Allen kind of type. JaVale McGee, uh, he's another comparison that I could make to Jackson Hayes. Looking at Jackson Hayes, averaged um, averaged 10 points a game on 73% shooting. Uh, he did not make a three. Shot 74% from the free throw line. Uh, five rebounds to go with 2.2 blocks and .6 steals and just 23 minutes of action. So Jackson Hayes, I think, will be uh, probably the first center taken in this draft. I think he does go in front of Bull Bull, and that's really the main question. Um, will Where will these centers kind of flush out? Because it's not a very good big man draft unless you count Zion Williamson as a power forward. So Jackson Hayes, Bruno Fernando, who I'm actually not 100% on. I'm not sure. Um, the center from Maryland, he's a big bruising guy, 6'10", 240, a little undersized for the center position. Um but he's more of a post player. So if you want to go for, you know, the kind of the wave now is getting that six man off the bench, not necessarily being a guard who can score. How about a center where you can play through the post and get your offense going that way? That's kind of where you'd be going in that route. Very good rebounder. Uh, good in the post, as I said. Jump shot is a little bit better than Jackson Hayes's. That's not great, but he's not the athlete Hayes's, but he's got a lot more strength. I mean, he's a big bruising guy down low. That's what I've gathered from him. Average a double-double over at Maryland, 13.6 points, 10.6 rebounds, and 60% shooting. Uh, and that's in his sophomore year. Now let's go back to his freshman year. Uh, average 10 points a game to go along with 6.5 rebounds. Um, shot 30% from the three-point line, 78% from the free-throw line, 60% from the field, 1.9 blocks, 0.6 steals. So for me, I think you're trading defense with offense when you're going with Fernando compared to Hayes. When I see Jackson Hayes, I see a much more well-versed defender. When I see Fernando, I see a guy who you can kind of dump it into down low. He can score around the rim, can step out, hit a mid-range jump shot. Maybe he'll develop a three. You never know. I mean, we're seeing crazy things where uh, – where Brooke Lopez made more threes this season than Kobe ever did in a season. And that's just craziness that big men are shooting like this. So and I'm not discounting any of these players being able to shoot the ball. But just me personally, if I had to go with a center, I'm going to go with Jackson Hayes. He kind of reminds me of a Jared Allen. Mitchell Robinson had a good rookie year for the Knicks. He reminds me of one of those kind of players. And that's where I'm getting from them. Now let's move on to another freshman from North Carolina. Let's go to Nasir Little real quick uh, as we're sticking with the wings. Um, 6'6", 225, and again, just a great athlete, um, but the jump shot. That is the big thing when it comes to Nasir Little. He'll play very good defense uh, coming from the Roy Williams system. He did pick up the defense, so he will have great defense, but the jump shot just isn't there. Um, his passing isn't there either. Let's pull up his stats real quick on Nasir Little. Nearly 10 points a game, 4.6 rebounds, only .7 assists. Shot 48%, 27% from three, 77% from free throw line, .5 blocks, .5 steals. So Nasir Little, in my eyes, 
he's one of those players. He kind of reminds me of Rondale Hollis Jefferson, where he's not exactly going to put up 20 points, but he'll get you some rebounds inside. He'll bang down low. He can be an undersized uh, power forward. He just really, really needs to work on his jump shot. And I think that's what's holding Nasir Little back. And that's why he's not, that's why Nasir Little isn't close to my uh, top wings in this draft. Uh, he's not close to Culver. He's not close to Reddish. Um, and in my eyes, he's not close to the next person I'm going to talk about. How about um, Sekou Dambuya? The six foot nine forward from France, and I fell in love with this kid. He was awesome in the highlights that I saw of Dembuya over in France. Again, very limited um, playing time, but in the in the time he got, he looked really good. Was able to take people off the dribble. Was able to hit threes, which I thought was 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 really good. I mean, his jump shots there. So that's a good sign from an international player who's six foot nine. He's got the skill. We've seen. I saw him dribble pretty well. I saw him able to create for himself, and I also saw him able to take advantage of his size. I mean, we're talking about a six foot nine, two hundred and thirty pound beast inside who can move. I mean, he's chiseled out of stone. He's a strong guy. So I'll be really, really interested to see where Sekou Dembuya lands on draft day next Thursday. So I think that'll be very interesting. Things he needs to work on. Um, defense needs to get better. Um, but other than that. He looks like a pretty good prospect. I think he has the potential to turn in to somebody like Pascal Siakam where he's got that solid size where he can take advantage of small forwards and he can blow by power forwards. And if that's the case, we're looking at Sekou Dembuya being a very, very good pro. Let's pull up his stats um, from France. Again, only played in eight games, only started two of those games, and... uh, Per game average, he only averaged 14 minutes a game, and those 14 minutes gave you seven points a game, 73% from two, 25% from three, four of 16, not a big sample size, but you see the stroke, you know he can turn into a good shooter. Uh, free throw shooting, something he's got to work on, only at 62.5%, only five for eight. Um, gave .6 assists, a steal a game in limited minutes. So that's that's the big thing with Sekou Dembuya that we got to see. Um when he gets that bigger workload, how will he do? Because when we've seen him in stretches, he's looked fantastic. So I'm looking forward to seeing where this guy goes. And I wouldn't be opposed to the Cavs. You know, if they trade back, Dembuya might be there at 10. I mean, this mock has Sekou Dembuya going 13, second last pick of the lottery to the Miami Heat. And that's kind of where we're hearing that chatter where he might go. You know, we're hearing 13 with the Heat. We're hearing 14 with Boston when it comes to the prospect from France. So that'll be very interesting. Rui Hachimura, I'm not touching with a 10-foot pole. And I'm going to make that very clear. When I look at Rui Hachimura, I'm looking at a guy, three-year starter over at Gonzaga, um, he's got the it factor, sure. He's a good leader, not a very good athlete, undersized at six foot eight. He's not going to be able to play the small forward position. He's not the best. He doesn't have the best jump shot. So we'll see where he kind of fits in. This has him compared to Antoine Jameson, which you know, former Cavalier great Antoine Jameson. But Hachimura was very good in the post. Averaged twenty points a game, nearly six and a half rebounds, only one point five assists, but did shoot fifty nine percent from the field. Um, his three-point shooting was all over the place in his career at Gonzaga. Shot 28% from three his freshman year. Sophomore year, followed that up with 19%. And then his junior year, 
Move that up to 41.7%. That might be because he played uh, right by Brandon Clark. And I thought Brandon Clark had a very good year. I don't know if he's declared. I haven't seen him in many mocks. So I want to look at his stats real quick. Um, again, a junior. Averaged 17 a game at Gonzaga his junior year. 17 and a half his uh, sophomore year. He shot to only 26.7% from the three. Um, but also is giving you about two or three assists a game. To go along with 3.2 blocks. I mean, he's a big guy. Uh, he's also six foot eight, but I think he brings a little bit more to the table when it comes to athleticism. If you're looking for an undersized power forward, I like Brandon Clark or, uh, more in that role. So that's my quick scouting report on Rory Hachimura. I don't want to spend a lot of time on a lot of people. So one more person real quick uh, who this mock has falling out of the lottery. Let's go with Bull Bull. Now I look at Bull Bull, and obviously the size is great, seven foot two. Solid athlete for that size can really handle the ball, which is which is really cool. He's gonna get a lot of rebounds at seven foot two. Um, not strong. Weighed in at two hundred and ten pounds at the combine. That is terrible. That is really bad for Bull Bull. I mean, that is not something that you like to see. But his potential is through the roof. He needs to put more weight on. I mean, you could put him at power forward and have him guard the smaller of the bigs, but. Good teams are going to find a way to take advantage of his slight stature um, in the NBA. He has a good jump shot. He's very good from three. He's good on defense. Uh, he's got good lateral quickness. Uh, looking at Bull Bull's stats coming in, and he didn't have a big sample size. You know, He only played nine games at Oregon, but in those nine games he averaged 21 points, 9.6 rebounds, 2.7 blocks, nearly a steal a game, and an assist. Shot 56% from the field, and this is what gets the people really excited about Bull Bull. He shot 52% from downtown, and that's what got people really excited about this kid. And the biggest concern about Bull Bull, it's not the weight, you know, it's not anything like that. What concerns me the most about Bull Bull is the injury. And I can tell you from firsthand experience being a Cavs fan, when you have a guy over seven foot who has foot injuries, it's not a good thing. I'm looking at UZ. So Junas Ogowskis had issues with his feet, uh, and it, it it really it really crippled his career. Z could have he had a good career, don't get me wrong, but it could have been a lot better, could have been a star in the league if it wasn't for the foot injuries. Also Yao Ming, another one of those guys, seven foot three, foot injuries, derailed his career, uh, could have broken many many records but because of injuries had to call it quits early and that was the fate of Yao Ming so Bull Bull if he can stay healthy he could put some more weight on no excuses why this kid can't be one of the top players in the league but those are some massive red flags you know I'm talking about red flags with all of these guys even you know with Cam Reddish who's my who's my first prospect after the top three with Cam Reddish yeah there's flaws I mean he didn't do it consistently, and with a star-studded team, you think he could shoot better, but he didn't. But the, but to me, the sample size isn't enough for Reddish. I think if you give him another year in college, he does better, but he decided to come out this year, and the potential outweighs everything. Does the potential outweigh everything for Bull Bull? Maybe, maybe not. That's why I have him going uh, in the late lottery, if it even makes it out of the lottery. He should be a mid-first-round pick at least because some team's going to take the chance on Bull Bull. A lot of people think Atlanta, they like him at 10 for Bull Bull, which I don't know about that. We'll see. Um, but that's what we're looking at with uh, the seven foot two center out of Oregon. Uh, let's move on to teams or players, I should say, that we could be looking at um, later on in the draft. Now, one guy that you know I like as a defender, 
I'm going to go ahead with Matisse, and Lord help me on this last name, Matisse Tiboule, uh, six foot six wing out of Washington. Now, he's not even graded in this website I'm on, on NBADraft.net, but what you get with Matisse Tiboule um, is defense. I mean, this kid was absolutely everywhere for the Huskies. He's a four-year senior coming out this year. And in 31 minutes a game, only gave you nine points. Like I said, he's not going to score a lot of points. Only shot 30% for three. Decent free throw shooter, 85% of senior year, though. What you get is the defense. 2.3 blocks, 3.5 steals a game. This kid was abs- was an absolute dog. I mean, Huskies is, is pretty accurate at that point because Taboule was absolutely phenomenal on the defensive end. So I think that's some guy the Cavaliers could be looking for um, with pick number 26, this mock has him going 29th to the San Antonio Spurs. So he should be there at the end of the first round if the Cavs want to take a chance on him. Um, but if not, you know, what are you going to do? One more guy I want to look at, and I did find Brandon Clark in this mock. He's going 20th to the Celtics. Um, Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, the freshman out of Kentucky, knockdown jump shooter. That's what you're getting with him. Good size at 6'6 for shooting guard. Defense is going to need to improve. He wasn't the best defender in the world, but this guy can turn in. If this guy can turn into a knockdown three-point shooter who isn't a liability on the defensive end, then I think Tyler Hero can be a very good player um, in the league. Let's go over to his stats in his freshman season uh, at Kentucky. Uh, 14 points a game, four and a half rebounds, two and a half steals, but shot 35.5% from three. That's the big draw with Tyler Hero. You're not going to take him because of his 1.1 steals per game um, in the SEC. You're going to take him because he's a great shooter. And if Tyler Hero is somehow there at 23, I think he goes mid-20s or 26. I Wait, excuse me. If he's still there at 23 for the Cavs or 26, I knew it was 26. I don't know why I second guess myself. Then that is uh, a player you could look at as being somebody who gets picked up. He's kind of a Joe Harris type. I don't know if he's as. It took Joe Harris a long time to develop. I don't think Tyler Hero is going to need that long to develop because I think he's a solid athlete where Joe Harris isn't. So I think what you're looking at is a more versatile, better athlete, Joe Harris. And if you can get that from pick 26, you got yourself a win. So Kevin Porter is the player penciled in for the Cavs at 26 by this mock. And let's take a look at Kevin Porter. And this makes me feel old. He was born May 4th of 2000. And I am born in 1998. So that's just really depressing for me. uh, Because here I am talking about this kid. So Kevin Porter, crazy athlete. I mean, we're talking about a guy who can absolutely jump out of the gym. Jump shot needs a little bit of work, but he showed signs that he can be a good shooter. So what you're hoping for is that the defense for Kevin Porter matches um, the potential on offense. Because when you're looking at Porter, shot 41% from three, um, but only averaged .8 steals, .5 blocks, and 1.4 assists. So he's not going to be another guy who you can put in there and make a play for you. He's not going to be able to create his own shot. And he's not a very good free throw shooter either. Shot 52%, the freshman from South Car- or USC. And also at six foot five, you can't really play him at the three either. He's going to be penciled in there at the two. Um, for me, when I look at Kevin Porter Jr., and I hope I'm wrong here, I see a lot of Ben McElmore. And I really hope um, you know Kevin Porter can live beyond that. But when Ben McElmore was coming out of Kansas, he was a good shooter, a solid defender. And the questions were, could he develop as a ball handler, as a playmaker? Answer was no. 
and he never really lived up to the hype. So hopefully Kevin Porter can fare a little bit better than Bab McElmore, but that's what I'm seeing um, from, from, from Porter. And one more guy. I don't want to list every single person. Obviously, I see Ty Jerome. Carson Edwards is going to be available at 26. Let's look at Cameron Johnson, the senior from North Carolina, coming out with all the freshmen. Now, Cameron Johnson, I think, might be one of the more pro-ready players in the draft. Great size at six foot eight. I think he can play either the two or the three. But what you're not seeing is the athleticism. And I see this NBA comparison. Very easy to compare him to Justin Jackson because they're similar um, body styles. They both came out late out of North Carolina. Their games are similar. But I don't think Cam Johnson is necessarily Justin Jackson. Now, when I see Cam Johnson, I see a guy who can come in at small forward, can pass the ball very well. Um, Again, the only thing with Cam is his size and his defense. Uh, he's not the best defender in the world, but Duke can put the ball in the hole. I mean, he averaged 17 points at um, at North Carolina, the fifth-year senior. Um, averaged 1.2 steals a game. That was the most he actually ever averaged. Shot 50% from the field, 45% from three, 82% from the free throw line. So you're getting a very good shooter, and also you know, you're getting – the opportunity to get a leader. And I think that's what Cam Johnson is out of, out of the fifth-year senior. Um, comparisons, you know, I'm not really sure who to compare this guy to. Um, I don't want to compare him to Danilo Gallinari because I don't think he's as big as Danilo Gallinari or as offensively gifted. Um, but he's in that mold, you know, where he's a bigger forward, um, sitting at 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, I think he could either play, you know, the, depending on your scheme, he could play 2, 3, or 4. And I think that's versatility makes him valuable. But one thing that you cannot overlook when you're talking about Cam Johnson is his age. I mean, the dude was born in 1996. He's going to be 23 when he's drafted, and that is very, very old. You know, he is a fifth-year senior, and that's what you're going to get. So last player I talk about is Cam Johnson. I would love to have Cam Johnson. I think he'd be a good fit on this Cavaliers team. Um, the size, the shooting ability, the passing ability. Um, for a team that lacked ball movement, I think he would be a very good fit to play alongside that bench unit. So Cam Johnson's last player I talk about. And that'll do it for episode three of the Jared Andrews podcast. Let's see. Let's check, let's check the clock here. Uh, 35 minutes. So, yeah, that was another long one. Um, if you stick through this whole time listening to me ramble about various um, – Various prospects the Cavs might go after. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've really dug deep into my analysis this year um, when I'm going for or when talking about the NBA draft because it's, it's intriguing to me because a lot of pieces could fall. With the Warriors seemingly done in the West, this would be a very big draft to determine the future of the NBA, a future that isn't held um, that isn't held by the throat by the Golden State Warriors. So this will be a very good draft to kind of see where the where um, where everybody lands. And everybody's saying this is like a four to five player draft. Everything else beneath that is meh. I don't see it that way. You know, I listed a couple of guys I think could make a good impact in the NBA. Um, I think this draft goes way deeper than just five players, and I think I made my my point there. So thank you so much for tuning in to episode three of the Jared Andrews podcast. If you like what you heard, what's wrong with you? But no, seriously, if you like what you heard, make sure you give me a follow here on SoundCloud. Follow me on Twitter at Jared Andrews and Instagram at Jared Andrews so you'll know when I'll be posting. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next time, guys, have a good one, and I'll see you later.